The views, ideas, and content of well seekers and their guests are their own opinions, and you should always seek additional professional help around any of the issues discussed here on Well Seekers. Hello and welcome to season three of Well Seekers with Lucia. We are so excited to be here for our very first episode. Before we get started, I just want to tell you guys, besides being so excited to be back, we've had some changes to the show and what we're going to focus on and also to just the structure of the show. First of all, we are going to be video and audio if you're listening to this on audio. Thanks so much for listening. We will have a video component next week. We wanted to have it this week, but we are in a new studio and just had to iron out some technical stuff. Also a little bit different, you may have seen if you're a regular listener to the show and you saw our little promo pic, we have decided to focus on something that is near and dear to my heart, which is how we can find our story of well, but specifically focusing on rises and comebacks in life. Now, the way that we got there is really, truly a personal story. I think over the last few years, especially, instead of my life going in a straight line, it has definitely zigzagged, crisscrossed, um, and gone in all sorts of directions. And the way that I have learned to thrive in spite of the zigzags and not the straight line in life has really been due to something that's called resiliency. Now, I don't know if you guys know what resiliency is, but resiliency is really how you cope in spite of setbacks or barriers or limited resources. It really is a measure of how much people will say it's your emotional strength, so emotional skills. And why is resiliency important? Well, it's really your ability to adapt, bounce back from things when they don't go as planned. So how do you come back? How do you rise in life? Even rise without setbacks, that requires resiliency sometimes. So what does it take to rise and come back from everything life throws your way, whether it's just day-to-day things or bigger things? We're going to take those on all season three. Our first six weeks are dedicated to rising and coming back to a healthy relationship with food. Now, we chose this to start off because I think you guys know I have had a poor relationship with food in the past literally, thank God, um, that's not where I am anymore today. But I know how hard it is when you're in the midst of a poor relationship with food or you're using it as a coping skill because something else is going on in your life that you're not exceptionally excited about. It's really easy to fall into unhealthy relationships and using food as a coping skill. So for the next six weeks, we're going to be talking about different aspects of how to have a healthy relationship with food. This week, we are kicking it off with taking on diet culture. What is diet culture and how can we combat it from a nutritional standpoint? What are some healthy habits nutritionally we can integrate into our life? And then we have some really exciting guests joining us talking about prevention of eating disorders how to, if there's someone in your life who has an eating related disorder, how to talk to them and how to take care of yourself through it. And then we're also going to be talking about people that you don't typically think about having eating disorders, those populations like athletes or men um, or adolescents. And we're going to be talking to clinicians about how to spot people who struggle with those in populations that we don't normally know. We're also going to be hearing a personal story from someone I know from my life who used to be a ballerina and now is exceptionally sought after makeup artist Campbell Ritchie. She's going to be joining us next week. 
This week is all about breaking up with diet culture and how you can rise and come back to the relationship with food that you want. Now, if you're out there and you're struggling with some aspect around a relationship with food or even more a relationship with yourself, um, self-esteem around your body image, it's just such a complicated and complex thing, which is why we're taking six weeks to explore all the dimensions. We're talking about diet culture and nutrition, but we're gonna dive more into self-esteem, self-confidence, body image, and all that in later weeks on the show. But I'll just tell you from a personal standpoint, it was all those things for me when I was struggling with my relationship with food. It had to do with self-esteem. It had to do with self-confidence. It had to do with using food when I was facing something in life and I wanted to rise. I wanted to come back, but I didn't know how to get there. So I would use food and it would just cause more problems in my life. Um, And it also had to do with not really knowing how to feed myself. But specifically for me as someone who started out in the entertainment business and I was in music and had people in my my life that were saying, you know, in order to get to where you want to go, you're going to need to be thinner. It was the days of Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera who were just rail thin. And I was a girl their age who was also trying to be in music and was often told you need to lose weight. Luckily, things have changed in the entertainment world. And we more often see women of all shapes and sizes as role models. But for me, that was something that contributed to a poor relationship with myself and a poor relationship with food. So as we dive more into this, I'll definitely share more around that experience. But first, what is diet culture? I know that that's a word you'll hear on social media, but diet culture is a system of beliefs that Basically, thinness is what we need to worship, and thinness means health, and thinness means happiness, and thinness means that you're morally correct, and thinness means you're okay. That is diet culture. It places so much emphasis on happiness and being okay on being thin, not being healthy, right? Which is the key. The key is health, not thinness, because thinness is not a representation of any of those things. It doesn't mean health. It doesn't mean that you're better than someone else. It doesn't mean that you have better moral virtues. None of those things. Having said that, diet culture is everywhere. We see it on social media. We see it in the media, even though there are those outliers, right? Like people like Lizzo or Megan Trainer or other artists right now that are out there. I'm going to music because I was a musician or I'm, I'm a musician, will always be for my life. But there are other people out there too on TV shows. We see people breaking those images that were given that thinness equals happiness or health. Having said that, it's still out there and it's perpetuated even by people in the industry that I'm in, which is holistic wellness. Sometimes people make a lot of money off of selling this image of thinness and that it means acceptance and that if you buy their program or buy their course or click like or follow them on Instagram, that you're going to be happy and virtuous and thin. And that's just not what leads to finding a story of well and making a comeback in life. It's not using food. It's also not eating food. Um, It's not being thin. It's not relying on food. All of those things do not equal happiness and are not going to lead to a rise or come back in your life, at least from my experience. The other thing diet culture does is it really promotes weight loss as a higher status in life and demonizes certain ways of eating um, while elevating others. So you'll see people who are hypervigilant about what they're eating and then they sort of shame you for what you're eating. That's a diet culture thing. Also, it oppresses people that don't really match up with that picture of health. So if you're doing something that's outside of this picture of diet culture health, you're in some way not as morally correct or not as good as other people. 
So we're going to shatter that today. We're going to talk about why that isn't healthy for our bodies from a nutritional standpoint and also how to combat and incorporate healthier habits with food just as the fundamental. And then, like I said, as we move on, we'll talk about prevention. We'll talk about how to get treatment for some issues related to food. And we'll talk about populations and people's personal stories, stories and solutions for rises and comebacks. It's what we're all about. Our first guest who's going to be on with us when we come back is Rachel Melinda. She's been on the show before. She is just, she's a a friend of the show at this point. Um, Rachel is a certified holistic nutritionist and disordered and emotional eating coach. She is based out of Toronto, Canada. And she's going to be right back after this quick break to talk about how we can implement healthy habits and get back into a routine without dieting and without diet culture as our aid. So stick around as we help you rise and come back and find your story of well right here on season three of Well Seekers. You're listening to Well Seekers, a show where the journey is just as important as the destination. You want to be part of the Seekerhood? It's easy. Email us anytime at hello at wellseekers.com. Hello, guys. I know we're on a short break from the show and we are going to be right back. But before we get there, I want to tell you about something that I am so excited to finally announce. And that is a brand new podcast we are starting called Lucia at Night. Now, Lucia at Night is going to be very different from Well Seekers with Lucia, which is all about rises and comebacks. And you're going to still learn how to rise and come back on Lucia at Night. But it's more going to be focused on all things relationships and love. Personal stories, expert advice, musical guests, so much more. Lucia at Night is going to be a retreat and a treat for your day, a place to laugh, connect, learn to love yourself and others, and all the people, places, and things that you care about more well. So make sure you stick around and join us. You can poke around on the site starting, drum roll, Starting September 26th, we're going to have our very first episode of Lucia at Night. So if you want to close the door on your day and light up your night, if you want to feel more connected, more loved, and learn how to connect and love the things around you more well, make sure you tune in to Lucia at Night. And you can check out our promo online at wellseekers.com. And now back to Wellseekers. And we're back on Well Seekers with our very first guest of season three. So happy to have her back. Rachel Melinda, certified holistic nutritionist and disordered and emotional eating coach. She is based out of Toronto, Canada. She has her very own podcast too, which is called the Philip Your Cup podcast. You can check out more on Rachel at rachelmelinda.com. We'll put a link in here as well. Rachel, welcome back. Oh my God. Thanks for having me. This is like, I think the first time I've been welcomed back to a podcast. So that's a really? good sign. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. you're now a friend of our show and oh, a friend of yay. all our listeners. <laughs> that makes me so happy. Thanks for having me. I know we talked about this before. I, I threw it out there before, but I would love to have, I just love your energy. We should do like a a podcast where we interview someone together, like a guest podcast thing. So fun. I love that. How have you been? I've been good. (laughs) Um, (laughs) There's been a lot of change since we last chatted. I think it's maybe been six months since we chatted. Yeah. Um, Lots, lots of change in the air, but lots of um, positive change. I don't know if you want me to get into the nitty gritty right now. No, we do. We're all about, yeah, you know, we've sort of changed our mission here this season. Um, we're all about rises and comebacks and how we get there. Well, I am a comeback story right now. (laughs) So we want to hear your comeback story because let me just share a little bit too with you, which 
we chatted about in the opening, but I feel like my whole life has been a comeback story. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I spend time on Facebook and I see all these people in my life and I'm like, how did they get the straight line? Because my line has been like zigzag, backwards, forwards, like five lines, back 10, like. Lucia, I was just talking about this with someone yesterday. And I think that's where we always get stuck when we're comparing ourselves to that, that person that looks, looks to have that linear line, but I don't think they do. A lot of people that I grew up with actually do. Like I know them fairly well to know that they do. Not to say that they don't have their own struggles and those struggles are different and varied. But as far as like, I always say happiness lies in accepting, you know, plan C, D, E, F, G, keep going. Mm -hmm. Or you're just really lucky and you stumbled on plan A and it's worked out. I just have a a lot of people that stumbled into plan A and I'm like, Mm -hmm. I want to kill you. Yeah, I've seen the exact same thing to a friend. Um, We kind of, we we connect over this too. And we're kind of like, why do they have the the nice linear line where everything just makes sense and fell into place? And then we kind of have to give each other pep talk and say like, we, we wouldn't want that, right? We wouldn't, we don't want the linear line. And like, like, it's not that we want chaos either, but we want the growth that comes from the non-linear line. And so I I wouldn't trade that the alternative, but it's, it's very easy to look at the, the other side of it and think, oh, the grass is greener. They have it so easy. Yeah. And I, you know, there's a saying, my nephews, their preschool teacher used to say, you get what you get and you don't get upset. And it's like, I don't necessarily, I wish I had plan A um, because I was a musician. I wish I, you know, was currently Mm. like Christina Aguilera, which by the way, I saw on your Instagram that you're a singer too. Um, I'm not professionally, but I, I was doing the musical theater route at some point in my life. That's actually what I went to school for initially. So yeah, the singing thing was like a big dream for me at one point. And now it's just kind of a fun thing, but I, I too wanted to be Christina Aguilera growing up. (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah. I mean, I had, you can hear some of my songs in lifetime shows. That's as far as it's gotten. That's cool. That's a huge achievement. But, um, I stopped years and years ago. They just, recycle some of my catalog but you kind of have to either accept it and rise and come back or you're gonna just have like a path of zigzags that isn't fun to be on and I just am all for the ride at this point in the journey and helping people who are on the zigzag like make it through rise and come back and live a life of happiness so that's my quick catch up but so you've had some changes, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm in the zigzag lane right now. Um, I just ended a six year relationship very mutually, very amicably. It was like, it was the hardest decision of my life. I was with a wonderful guy, like on paper, everything made sense, like in terms of like us just being great people and um, career wise, like he's kind of, he always had the job that was more like strive for the pension, like stability sort of thing. Whereas I'm like entrepreneurial. So like that combination on paper worked very well because I had the stability, but in my mind I was like, Oh, I want to like, I want to dream and build something with someone. But anyways, I won't get into the nitty gritty of like what was wrong because truthfully, I don't know if anything was really wrong. It just didn't feel right. And Mm. eventually I had to honor that. We both had to honor that. And it was really crazy how it all kind of came to be. Like I just noticed, I mean, all of this year, all of 2019, I just, I haven't felt myself. I very much felt like I've been in the mud of things and I've tried to talk myself through that being like, okay, Rach, like it's that saying where like growth doesn't come from inside your, your comfort zone. Like growth does come from outside of it. And I feel like I am very much outside of, well, I was outside of my comfort zone. I am now too, but I was like in the mud. I was in the thick of things and I felt like, okay, I'm growing and and that sort of thing. But I just felt really unhappy and unfulfilled. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the where our relationship was going was actually stressing me out every single day. I mean, I'm 28 and growing up, I was like, I'm going to be married and en route to having kids around 28. And like, I've strayed from that timeline a bit, but I was also like, okay, I've been with this person for six years, but I, I don't want to marry them. And he was kind of scared of marriage too. And some people would say, oh, you don't have to get married. But I'm like, no, let's take the whole idea of marriage out of it. I don't want to spend my life with this person. And I commend you for doing that because that is not easy. First of all, I just need to say you are so young as someone who has been (laughs) married and divorced. It's like you just, you know, it's you probably uh, you didn't. You saved yourself a lot of um, rising Mm. and coming back (laughs) that Mm. happens when you get divorced. But you have so much time. Twenty eight. I love hearing that. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Twenty eight in like 2019 you know, on the verge of 2020 is Hmm. literally like 18 years old. Everything is like 10 years. Absolutely. I mean, a 28 year old here, I can, they're most 28 year olds in the United States. I know you're in Canada are living with their parents still. And that has Hmm. significantly shifted. When I was 28, I owned a home and had a national radio show, right? So things were a little different, but yeah, you have so much time, Rachel, so much time, but I also okay. commend I'm happy you. To hear that. <laughs> <laughs> you really do. I commend you because a lot of people would just have been like, you know what, I'm with this person six years. I must mm-hmm. be the person I'm supposed to be with. Let me just keep going down this road. And that's oftentimes how a lot of unhappy marriages slash divorces happen. So Yeah. Which I was on the route to to doing. Like it was like we were talking about marriage and we would like play around like when we would go to weddings, we're like, oh let's do that at ours. And it was like, okay, we're heading in that direction. And I started looking at rings, but I almost felt like I was forcing myself. I was like, yeah, I should want to be looking at rings. But like everything just felt like, ah, no, it it shouldn't feel this way. It just felt icky. Mm. And anyways, we, the way it all happened, that's, that's more nitty gritty. I'll save that for another podcast, but, um, the way it happened was very mutual. Like I just had a lot of anxiety that day and came home and, um, basically said like, I think I need to listen to my gut. And he said, I think you do too. And it was a very sad moment. But from that point forward, like I remember walking out of my house after to go um, journal in the park and call my sister to see if she had room for me at her place. And I remember thinking, this is how it's supposed to feel. Like this is like, there's like a weight off of me now. And um, that first week was like, I mean, as any fresh breakup is, it was like, I tried to work. I sat down to at my desk the next day and tried to work. And I was like, well, that's a joke. Like Mm. I was just like crying every two seconds and just like couldn't concentrate um, but now like even, I mean, as at the time of recording, we're three weeks out of it, the whole breakup. And I feel a little guilty to say this, but I'm as ha- like, I'm happier than I've been in a long time. Not the happiest I've ever been, but like happier in a long time. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of that has come out of just being so true and authentic with myself and to myself. I didn't know how good that would feel. Um, mm. and I mean, I'm big on like intuitive eating and intuitive movement, intuitive living, and I was starting to feel like a bit of a frog because I'm like, I'm not really, I'm not really honoring all the voices in my head because there's such a strong voice emotionally that's coming to me that I'm not honoring. And then once I actually did it, like, because it needed to happen, I didn't do it for anyone else. I was just like, I felt like so in alignment and to your point of like being young and being 28, like I'm not ready to date now, but I'm so excited to date at 28, 29, whenever I do start dating, because I feel like I am so much more wholesome now. Like when I met my partner, I was 22. And at that time, all I wanted was someone to say like, I love you. You're beautiful. You are enough because I was so not okay with myself. Mm. Um, whereas now I'm like, you know what? I'm good. Like I, I actually really like myself and, 
um, I think I'm a real treat to be around and to be with. And I hope I think the same of my partner, but that's kind of why I am excited to um, eventually date when I'm ready because I do feel like I'm in a much more wholesome state. But yeah, like talk about like nonlinear and zigzags. But to be honest, I'm like really enjoying the ride. I'm trusting and surrendering to the process. I've like released all control because I'm just like, there's nothing I can, I, like, there's nothing good that comes out of controlling things. I tried to control things so long and eventually fate took its toll. That is so, so key is to honor your gut. And you are right. Being someone, when you have a brand and you are your brand, it's not like this is just a fake thing. It's really hard to be authentic. People can see through it, number one. And also you see through it, right? So like if I didn't holistically use the tools that I talk about, it would be very clear, or I would feel like a fraud and would not want to do it, right? Mm -hmm. So like same mm -hmm. for, it sounds like what you were doing. You tell people to live intuitively, listen to your gut. And if you're not doing it, then mm -hmm. it can start to feel not genuine. But um, yeah. no, you have so much time. <laughs> okay. So good, good to know. Yes. much time. I can't even tell you, mm -hmm. but from 28 to now, all the things that have happened in my life. So, mm -hmm. um, and I'm still hopeful that I'm going to have a baby. So... <laughs> <laughs> yes, you so will. You so can, for uh, sure. Rachel, um, this is you're going to have to come back to Lucia at night, which you guys can catch a brand new episode starting next Thursday of Lucia at night, where we talk all about relationships. So this is a good lead in. Um, but this week on Well Seekers, we're talking about diet culture and how to implement healthy habits and get back into routine without dieting um, and really without diet culture as the aid. I know that you have a vast amount of experience with this and would love to get your thoughts, first of all, on diet culture. What does it mean to you? Mm -hmm. So diet culture is very much any like governing body that says that you should eat, move or live in a certain way, which is essentially all the messaging that's around us in a way. Um, it does include the wellness culture too, which is hard for me as a holistic nutritionist, as someone that um, did spread that messaging in the past and still kind of do to an extent, but my messaging is different because I'm saying like, um, I'm, I'm saying it like nutrition is still important, but let's not make it the primary thing because, but by doing that, we primary thing as in like, we almost worship nutrition. We praise people who are being healthy. Like if you're, if someone says to you, I've been going to the gym, I've been eating well, it, they say good, good for you. You know, mm -hmm. it's like praise it's moralized. And, um, that's kind of the culture that we're in. And on the other hand, people that aren't living true to that, um, are often penalized in some way or, um, discriminated towards in some way. And that can cause feelings of guilt and shame, um, which causes us to go down that line of maybe restriction, right? Like if we, um, and the way that like diet culture is sold typically isn't very much, um, positive in a way, like it's very much, it's, it's ignoring all the true determining factors of health. And what I mean by that is diet culture says your weight is the most important thing to achieve health. Whereas the true determining factors of health are things like getting really good sleep, ensuring that your stress levels are in check, ensuring that your hormones are balanced. Do you have healthy relationships and friendships in your life? Like those are the things that actually make up health that actually promote healthful behaviors, not weight. Like weight, weight is so not a determinant of health and um, I know some people might be like, but what about BMI, which is body mass index, which only looks at your weight and your height. Um, and that's, that's it alone. It doesn't look at your muscle mass. It doesn't take into consideration, anything, consideration, anything else. It doesn't celebrate body diversity. The fact that 
bodies are meant to come in varying shapes and sizes. And it doesn't mean one is more um, healthy or unhealthy than the other. Absolutely. And I think that you point out something about the health industry, right? Is one number one, it's an industry, it's a business. So people are trying to market, not always with the most altruistic motives, but it is something that needs to be looked at. How are people presenting themselves and what are they trying to sell? Are they trying to sell a more healthy lifestyle or do you see someone incredibly thin on Instagram and you're like, okay, I want that. Um, Mm -hmm. and just asking ourselves questions about diet culture. Like, why do I want that? Is that really what's going to make me happy? Cause I've weighed, well, let's see, 35 pounds less than I am right now. And I was not happy. I was probably Mm -hmm. one of the most miserable times of my life. So, Mm. um, yeah, just fascinating stuff. I'm so happy you said that too, because that's often a question that I have to say with clients, like, cause they're like, Oh, I just want to get back to that weight. I was like 20, 20 pounds less. And then I, I asked them, I'm like, what did you have to do to, to get there? What did you have to sacrifice? Oh yeah. You had to sacrifice nights out with your friends and family and, um, your, your own happiness. Every, all of that had to go on the back burner just so you could weigh 20 pounds less, which by the way, if you're forcing your body, if you have to go to such extremes to, lose weight and to, to get your, your weight to a lower number. Mm. That's not natural. Your body doesn't like it. <laughs> and it's going to do anything to, to put that weight back on. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. I definitely have a set point and it's lighter than I am now. I know my set point. I know my healthy weight, but it's mm-hmm. like, it's so close to where I am now that it's like, am I going to beat myself up or starve myself to to get there. No, like if my body naturally gets there working out and feeding itself well, then it gets there. And a lot, and I try to make healthier choices and I don't at the end of the day, beat myself up because of it. And I think seeing different body size normalized, especially within the media is just so crucial to changing diet Mm -hmm. culture. Of course that would change. This is like a billion dollar industry, right? So there's a lot of people that are trying to still promote diet culture. Yeah. Just, I don't know if that's made a difference for you, but I know even turning the shows that I do watch, just having the variety of women as role models at different sizes. I wish that's what it was like growing up because it was not like it is now. Yeah, no, totally. And we're very um, lucky that that's coming out now. I'm I'm happy. Like I always think of like the woman and, and men too that are growing up now. And I'm like, Oh my God, like what, what a time, like it's so hard, especially in the day, day and age of social media, but that is changing. Like some of the brands that I know and love like Nick's wear, um, they're based in Canada, but they, they sell to the U S as well. They do like women's lingerie, but in their advertising, there's so much body diversity and, um, cultural diversity. And those are the things that need to be celebrated because when someone sees their body represented in the media, it makes them feel like they are normal. Like they aren't, they, they don't have to change anything. And that's also like, I, I put out some pictures of myself and my body on social media, um, for, for the same reason. And people will message me saying like, thank you. It feels so nice to like, see that my body is, is represented here. And like that having, having a, a role on your stomach is like not abnormal. Like I, I've been every weight under the sun between like a, maybe an 80 pound range. And I've always had this like, like bump on my belly and it's, it's just always there. And that's just how I was made. And I've finally made peace with it. But like, that took a long time. Absolutely. This series that we're doing now, Rachel, is focused around falling back into a better relationship with food for the next six, yeah, six weeks and making a rise and a comeback 
with food in whatever you need to do. What suggestions can you offer listeners on how to implement healthier eating habits? And get back into really a a routine without dieting. Yeah. So one thing that I always start with is approach health and wellness from the perspective of adding. So often we focus on removing and restricting, which often makes us feel deprived, which often leads to us eventually maybe having the food that we're depriving ourselves of and binging on it or overeating. When we come from the perspective of adding, it's like it's a positive, right? You can still implement healthy habits that... Um, will support you by adding. So whether that means like, okay, I'm going to try to add in one more glass of water today, um, or I'm going to add a new vegetable to my diet. I'm going to add one walk to my to my week. You know, the problem is we often get in this mode where we're like, all right, it's September, which is essentially kind of like a new year. So I love, I really love that you're doing this topic because I often see September is more of the new year than January. Oh, totally. Are like, Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like people are like, okay, it's September, like got to start fresh, got it. Like I'm going to hit the gym five days a week, meal plan, but like all these things. And then they do it for say like two weeks or a month or whatever. And then it's like, everything falls to the wayside because it's not sustainable. Mm. Whereas if we focus on like one little thing at a time, that is so digestible. It's um, realistic. It's attainable. We can do that. And then we can say, okay, how, how much more do I have sort of thing? And we can meet ourselves where we're at on a given day. I would say that's so important too. Um, that's something I've been, um, te- I, it's, it's a lesson that I've learned a while ago, but something that's been true to me in the past week, I just picked up spinning again. I haven't spun in like years. I actually used to teach it, but spin is very, yeah, it's so fun. It's so um, fun. I want one. Of, I want a Peloton. Yes, I do too. I, yeah. I would love to try one of those out. I don't know if it's like this in Canada, but it's almost become super competitive too, which is why I just want to go into my home and yeah. <laughs> spin on my own. It's totally. like, I know you're really fast and really good at this and you look amazing. I'm just going to go spin on my own because yeah. I don't feel like keeping up with you or, or just your like, clothes or okay, anything so this else. Is- <laughs> yeah, this is a good example. So at spin, I think I was thinking of running. So two examples at spin, I was in that mode where I hadn't been on a bike in years and everyone's flying beside me doing pushups on their bike and like yeah. hands, basically handstands. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, I can't even, mm-hmm. I can't even pedal right now. Mm-hmm. And, I, and old Rachel would have been like, I'm never coming back. Like I can't do it. I can't keep up. But I just like kept at it. And I met myself where I was at on that given day. I was just like, okay, so you can't do pushups on your bike. Cool. You you shouldn't know how to do that the first time. You have to like find your rhythm. And actually today was the first time after like maybe six classes where I finally like something clicked and I was like, okay, this is fun. And I got it. But it took me being gentle and compassionate with myself um, and meeting myself where I was at each day. But the other example was running. So um, earlier this week I went for a run and I usually hate running, but I think I just had like so much energy. I just wanted to burn it off. And I was like flying. Like I just like ran for like 20, 30 minutes straight, which is like so unlike me, but I think I just knew I wanted to run. And then I tried to do the same run this, uh, like three days later. And I was like stopping, I was walking and I was like, what is, what's wrong with me? And I mean, I'm, I'm quick now that I can stop myself on those tracks and being like, today is not the same day as as Sunday when you did it, like you are, you're, you are at a different you today. You have different needs. You have different demands. There's different things going on in your life and your body. And that's going to affect things. It's not because you're, you're worse. It's just like, we, we do change throughout life, just like how our weight changed through, through changes throughout life. Our needs and demands are always going to change. Oh, absolutely. And also I feel like I have a tracker. It's called Moody. It's one of my favorite apps. I only use it to track my hormones because I also find it fascinating that you're supposed to work out in different ways around your hormone cycle. Um, yes. 
and which it could do a whole show on. But that app has helped me be gentler with myself, too, just for purposes of like, I feel really tired today. And it almost always matches up with, OK, well, this is a time where I'm supposed to feel tired because yeah, I'm in my luteal phase. And yeah. Like your body's doing like, yeah, totally. I find that has helped me a lot, too. I don't know what that phase is, but I've seen it on my app. <laughs> <laughs> I always remember it this way. Follicular first. So follicular is from your day one to day 14 of your cycle. This is based on a 28. Yeah. And then luteal is day 15 to day 28. Um, and typically in your follicular stage, um, well, midpoint, like when you're ovulating, that's when you have like so much energy and you're feeling like confident. And like, that's when they say like, go book the meetings, go get the deals, go like, um, go on the dates because you are like, you're like radiating, you have so much energy and then your body slowly starts to be like, okay, yeah. like we're gonna, you know, yeah. um, prepare for, um, menstruation. Yeah. Um, it's real another, all yeah. of, for it's all our female real. listeners. It is so real. So be gentle on yourself with those and it helps, things. Yeah. It helps you with cravings, like, because your cravings are going to change throughout that cycle as well. Whereas if you didn't know all that was happening, you'd be like, Oh my God, what's wrong with me? I've like, I have no self-control. I'm eating. I can't stop eating carbs. Well, that's actually quite normal that mm-hmm. that week leading up to menstruation, like your body needs the extra energy. So if you know that you can be way more compassionate with yourself. Absolutely. I totally, totally agree. Any other advice or tips for listeners? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So another one that I like is eating seasonally. Um, I find this is a great oh, way to... I love that. I need to be reminded of that. I love yeah. that. Yes. So it's so special. It's one of the things that really connected me back to food and helped to rebuild my relationship with food. But instead of being like, okay, it's September time to like meal prep and like do all these things and eat the same thing over and over five days a week, which I personally don't find very exciting. Some people do like it. Explore seasonal fruits and vegetables because what it does is it, A, you're eating way fresher food, way more nutrient dense food. Um, and it's, it's just like connecting you to food and, um, where it came from much more. It also inspires you in the kitchen because you're like, Oh, I've, um, I don't usually cook a spaghetti squash or I don't usually do this with butternut squash. So I'm going to try that and see how it goes. Um, and it's just like very, very rewarding. It usually tastes way better. Um, it, it's kind of like eating a cucumber or a tomato in the middle of summer. Like there's something magical about, about it, especially if you've grown it yourself. Mm. So I would say that's, that's a great, um, tip to approach with. And then some other tips that I mentioned already, but I want to emphasize is like meeting yourself where you're at. Um, I think it's very easy to have expectations of yourself based upon where you were um, yesterday, last week, or a few years ago. But remember that you aren't the person that you were then. You are you are who you are today, and you're going to have different needs and demands on your body, and that is so normal. So just be super compassionate with yourself. We're never going to say stay in the same place, right? Like you just said, like there was a time when your relationship, and not no disrespect to your relationship, but it served you, right? And it served your partner and it was the right place for you. And not that every relationship can't withstand the test of time. I truly, I'm a huge fan of, I know you weren't married, but marriages and lasting relationships and working through and growing together. Um, But sometimes it's just right for that season, right? Like Uh that's a season in your life and you know, like, okay, this is just for this season and now I need something else. So same goes for not to diminish relationships and compare it to food, but same goes. No, they're for, very much connected. Yeah. Same goes for food. Seasonally, what should, what are some ideas to look out for? Mm-hmm. So a lot of for like fall. root veggies, yeah. Okay. Root, root veggies, like sweet potatoes, beets, um, onions and garlic 
onions, plural. Onion and garlic is going to be really good this time of year. Um, butternut squash, spaghetti squash, um, apples are in season right now in, in September. Um, what else do we got? Acorn, lots of squash actually. Yeah. Those would be like the main ones, like a lot of like comforting foods, which is, um, in, in season with how the, how the temperatures are changing too. Like it's going to be a lot more like grounding, um, delicious foods in that way. What would you say to someone who is struggling right now and comparing themselves, or maybe you've had a client that's been in that situation where they're comparing themselves to others and just seem to be tied into diet culture. Cause I have to say too, as a musician who I had management and we were going to major labels. And I just remember at the time, I wish there was an artist like Lizzo. I don't know if you know Lizzo, yes. but oh, do just, I know Lizzo? Yeah. Or even Adele, just like women that don't necessarily have the traditional or Megan trainer, um, <laughs> be, all beautiful and not even comparing them, but that they don't meet the quote unquote standard that used to be there for artists, um, especially female artists or really only female artists. So what would you say to someone who's struggling right now with comparing themselves, unrealistic images and is really in the middle of an obsession with diet culture? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm happy you brought up those examples because I think we're very lucky to have those representations in the media totally. right now. Huge, and, huge difference. Yeah, I, I know it's helped a ton of people, especially um, women in their teens, which I think is, is really important. But I think it's great that we have those examples because they are living proof that you can go out and be yourself and be different and be in a bigger body. And that's not a bad thing. It doesn't mean that you're any less worthy, any less talented, any less healthy. Like, um, they, and it was probably scary for them to step out too. I, I wonder what their story was like actually, but I think having representations like that is really helpful. I think it's a reminder to us that, um, that are in not, maybe not in a thin body, which is the praised body in society. It's a reminder to us that like we, we are okay. And I like to give the example of like, we're not often told that we are okay, just as we are, even if you're filling out like an intake form. Um, I know I always used to do this. Like I would like when it's like, do you ha- have you ever had high blood pressure and a hernia, blah, blah, blah. And I would look and I would almost look for things. Like I, I almost want to check things off being like, there must be something wrong with me, but we're never told maybe you're just okay the way you are. <laughs> we're never yeah. given that option to say I'm good. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm in good health. I feel good. So yeah. Straying from diet culture. I would say like if you are in the thick of it, you need to start uh, removing yourself from diet culture. And what that means is cleaning up your uh, the content that you're consuming. So if you are following people that don't make you feel good when you're following them um, and maybe you're comparing yourself to them, it doesn't, it, it's, it, it doesn't matter if it's about them or you just, just remove them, just yeah. unmute them or unfollow them because this is about you. This is about you and your happiness. And that's just not, um, that, that needs to be prioritized. So clean up the content that you're consuming, whether you're looking at magazines or blogs that, um, do emphasize diet culture that tell you that one way is, is the highway sort of thing. Um, if you are, um, following a diet like a keto or a paleo, um, vegan in hope, like in pursuit of weight loss, maybe like take a step back from that. And I like mm-hmm. to say to people too, the benefit of maybe having tried every diet under the sun is you kind of know which diets work best for you. For me, I know that like when I have eight more vegetarian, I don't feel, I, I don't feel good. I know I need animal protein, um, which bothers me a bit because I am an animal lover, but I'm like, I'm like, look, I, I don't, I can't show up as the best version of myself when I don't have that. So mm-hmm. I know that like, Having tried a paleo diet, like I, 
I actually feel best eating that way. But every now and then I do want grains and I do want chocolate and I do want wine. Um, so I make room for that. Right. And you kind of, I'm all about like finding the diet and and now I'm saying diet as in just a way of eating, not like yeah, a prescriptive totally. diet. I'm all about finding a diet or a way of eating that works for you. So the way I eat is the Rachel Melinda diet. The way you eat is the Lucia diet. And it's all about finding what that looks like for you, um, paying attention to how foods feel. So like even um, a a practice that I do in my intuitive eating program that I do with clients is bringing in, uh, we work on neutralizing foods. So we say we're going to, no good and bad foods exist. I know kale is healthier than say a bowl of pasta, but let's neutralize that for a second and let's eat both of those foods and just see how we feel. And if you, when you decide how food makes you feel and it's on your terms, you don't feel restricted by it anymore. Mm. Um, so I might have that, like if that was my, my choice, I have the kale salad and the pasta and I was neutral about it. I'd probably feel better eating the kale salad, but there might be cases where I do have the pasta and I'm like, I'm good. But what I like, if I had that for days on end, eventually I would go back to to craving the kale salad. Like your body, it's very smart. Um, it's it's focused on survival. It very much works like a thermostat in terms of it's going to do what it needs to do to be in its ideal place for everything to work properly. And that's kind of how like set point range works too. If you happen to go too far below your set point, your set point weight, it's going to do certain things to make you get back up. Um, whether that's like increasing the hunger hormones or changing the way food tastes to make you want more of it because it wants to get back to where it's happy, where it can thrive, where hormones can work properly, where um, digestion can work properly. It's just like, it just wants to be in that happy zone. So you can't really trick your body. Like your body doesn't know you're dieting. It's just like, oh no, like what's, what's happening? Like all the, there's a deficit of calories here. Like we gotta, we gotta sort this out. We gotta survive body. Let's do this. Yeah. Your body always will get tell you what it needs. Mm-hmm. Such valuable insight and information. Rachel, thank you so much for joining oh, thanks us for having me. This show. was such a great juicy combo. I loved I know, it. I know. I loved it too. We'll have to have you back soon. Aww. Oh, and you guys, if you want to check out more from Rachel, her website, rachelmelinda.com. Do you want to give them any other? I know all her socials are on her website, but anything else you want to throw out there? No, that's it. So it's actually Rachel M. Melinda. There's oh. another Rachel. Yeah. No, that's okay. But there's another, um, I like to make a joke of this because there's another Rachel Melinda in the States. She has a photography business. And I, I know, I know. You know I, well, no, I've looked at, I've typed your name in before and it's, yeah. she's come up yeah. and that's because I'm looking at your website right now. Um, just the link to it. And it does say Rachel M. Melinda. So yeah, it's not very obvious, but I, I try to keep like all my social handles and everything is Rachel M. Melinda. So then um, it's a bit easier to find, but yeah, I'm Rachel and Melinda on all social media channels on my website, which is going to have a whole new facelift in about a month, which is very exciting. Oh, cool. Yeah, I love that. Excited. Um, the fill your cup podcast, uh, we just launched season two. So we are, um, we're, we're all in that right now, which is exciting. So that a new episode comes out every Sunday night at 8 PM. Um, and, and that's about it for now. I am like with my new website, there's going to be more, um, my, my intuitive eating program is going to be more laid out. So um, I'm not sure when this episode is airing, but people will have the opportunity to, or our listeners right now, will have the opportunity to um, check that out and see what it's all about. Awesome. Rachel, Melinda, thanks so much for being on with us. Thanks for having me. Oh, wait, I have to ask you one more thing before you go, because we're doing these empowering questions. Oh, cool. Okay. So tell me when to stop and I'm going to pick a card. Stop. Okay. In what kinds of things are you brilliant? Whoa. Um, 
the first thing that came to mind was intuition. Oh, I love yeah. that. And what areas am I brilliant? I think I'm also a good, like in, in, intuitively knowing myself and intuitively knowing others. Like, I feel like I'm, um, is it intrapersonal or like when you understand people or interpersonal, mm-hmm. interpersonal? Yeah. yeah. I feel like I, that is kind of a gift for me. Like I'm a good, I'm a good people person. I get people. Oh, I love that. Cool question. I like that. I just want to throw it out to our audience too. If you guys want to answer our question, we'll put a link and it'll be on all of our socials. But in what kinds of ways are you brilliant? So think about that. We're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back on Well Seekers. Look, we're already friends, right? So let's make it official. Just find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at WellSeekers. Hey guys, it's Lucia, and I want to tell you about lots of new stuff happening here on WellSeekers. The first is a brand new site, which will be launching soon with new podcasts, new videos, brand new topics, and a shop section that's going to include WellSeekers merchandise. Um, so make sure you check out our shop section and our videos and our podcasts and we want your suggestions. So reach out, DM us on social media or our contact page, but spend some time. We worked really hard on the site, wellseekers.com. We hope you guys are having an incredible fall and we'll get back to the show. Thanks so much again to Rachel Melinda for joining us. And if you guys want to answer the question, the empowering question we just asked Rachel, in what kind of ways are you brilliant? You'll be entered to win one of our featured tools on the site. So make sure you check that out. And speaking of featured tools, we are still sticking with giving you guys, we love stories, we love solutions, but something that's helped me in my journey has also been some of the featured tools that we have on the site. Um, And Rachel loved these empowering questions. I love these empowering questions. If you go to wellseekers.com and you click on um, featured tools on the drop down menu, it is one of the first featured tools you'll see, the empowering question cards. And why I think this is so important with what we're talking about today is diet culture really wants to bring you away from your core self, your core values, and have you buy in to someone else's idea of beautiful, to someone else's idea of worthy, to someone else's idea of what it means to live life well and to be healthy, when really you are you hold the power, you hold the answers, you hold your values, you hold all those things. It doesn't need to fall in line with someone else's ideas or anything. So these empowering questions have helped me and have helped people that I've worked with find their own values and their own and be reminded of their own meaning. Like, hey, I am brilliant in music. I am brilliant in talking to others. And those are the things that are important. And those are the things that lead to living a happy, well life. So if you want to find out more of these empowering questions, you're going to hear me ask our guests throughout the season, but I just cannot stress enough how these have helped me sort of break, not even sort of how they have helped me break up with just culture, what culture has placed on me as expectations, what culture says. So click over to wellseekers.com and click on the shop tab, um, feature tool. Again, this is not something sponsored. I'm not getting paid to promote them. It's just a tool that I, I love. So make sure to check that out. Thanks so much again to Rachel Melinda for joining us. And I hope that you guys take a moment to subscribe to the show. There should be a subscription button um, attached to this. And also just some time to follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just trying to pull from my memory. Um, at wellseekers.com. So make sure to check us out there. 
We are so excited to have you join us from everyone here at Well Seekers. And again, sorry, no video, but we will be back with video soon um, and lots of other incredible guests. So we will be back next week with a brand new episode. And thanks again to Rachel for joining us. And thanks again to you for being part of our tribe and being with us on season three as we journey to find your story of well for a rise and a comeback that you are going to love. Thanks for listening to the show. How would you like to join the conversation? Email us anytime at hello at wellseekers.com.